0: Welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond where we share our experiences as well as stories from other Australians of learning, working with and using other languages.
1: I'm Petty and I'm Bec and we are very excited to have you back with us for another episode of Language Chats. Um, Today it's just the two of us uh, we're not interviewing anybody else today. Um but Penny I have lots of questions for you today.
0: Ooh. Mm.
1: <laughs> because we're going to be talking about learning a language with another script.
0: Well, this is quite a fun topic because I feel like for some reason I've gravitated towards languages that use different scripts.
1: And yeah, I'm not sure exactly. I could tell you why. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I think lots of people are very are quite scared. Of the idea of like, especially if you are if you are a native English speaker um, and, you know, you're comfortable with our alphabet and that's what you're used to and it's what you're, you know, it's it's everything really that you've seen. The idea of learning another language that is written in a completely different way that you can't even make a guess to begin with at how to pronounce yep. or how to read a word. It just, for you, it is all... It just looks so different um, is, yeah, it c- can be a bit of a terrifying prospect.
0: Yeah, well, I think so. And it is It is scary and it is a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but there's something kind of, I don't know. I don't know what it is, whether it's it's the extra challenge or mm. um, or whether because I am a visual learner, I do like, Seeing things, and I can remember things a bit, maybe a bit easier by seeing things than, mm. you know, if you're a, if you're a um oral learner, you know, hearing things is your is your thing. So um, maybe there's something in that too, Beck. I don't know.
1: Hmm. Well, maybe Pen, if you could tell us a little bit more about, well, because so I guess you have learned both Japanese and. Chinese, Mandarin Chinese um, over the years. How do you even begin to learn a language like either of those that has a script that is so different to the kind of alphabet and script that we use in English? I think when
0: I started learning Japanese I was in high school so I think um, it was a really good time because you, you, you know you're open to so many things and you just want to give it a go and I don't you know, I think I was also a bit naive as well. I'm not sure I realized that Japanese had, you know, the hiragana, the the main alphabet, the katakana, the other alphabet, plus kanji as well, Chinese characters. Um so sometimes it probably does help to go in a bit <laughs> a bit naive. Um but you just in my experience, there is no way around the hard, the hard yards of learning each, um, whether it's a character or whether it is a um, kind of like a, a, I don't know whether to call it like a syllable marker Mm -hmm. or um, you just have to do the hard yards and it doesn't sound all that fun and it can totally not be all that fun. But once you've got it, it's really cool because – then you can, in Japanese, for example, once you know all the different syllables, hi, bi, mi, sa, to, and you can read and you can write those syllables, you can pick up a text if it's written in hiragana and read it. Um, so that's, that's really exciting because that's where it's a little bit different, Japanese, to Chinese mm-hmm. because Chinese is written exclusively in characters there are thousands and thousands of them so even if you know if you're at a beginner level I don't know you might know 500 characters which is awesome but you couldn't pick up a text and and be able to read it um, Mm -hmm. unless it was aimed directly at your level
1: and it like because it feels to me a little bit like deciphering a code like that's sort of how I always, because I did some Japanese at, at high school too. Yay. And I remember I, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I mean, no, not for as long as you, but um, I remember quite enjoying the feeling of, as you said, you sort of learn the, um, I think it's called a syllabary. Of um those yes. those main characters, so well in Japanese, hiragana and katakana. And then like even without necessarily knowing what the meaning of the word was once you pieced all of the sounds together, at least you could read the sounds in sequence.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, and then I guess when Japanese does get a bit more complex is when some words use kanji. Um So generally, as a beginner level, you might be looking at textbooks which don't use kanji at all. Um, And
1: kanji are the Chinese characters that appear in Japanese, right?
0: Yep, exactly. So, and Japanese uses the traditional version of the Chinese characters for its kanji as well. Um, So that Mm. means, yeah, it's just there's more strokes and... Um, generally the idea is that they are more representative of what they were designed to mean way back way back when. Well, one thing I found this year, because I have gone back to Japanese this year after 20-year 20, 20 break, um, was that I could remember how to read and write um, the hiragana yeah, and Katakana. So I was very happy with that because I think it shows that when you do have something kind of embedded deep, <laughs> deep inside, mm. um, it is there. Um, kanji, on the other hand, is has always been a challenge for me. Having learnt Chinese as an adult has, I think, really helps because I feel like I can approach it with a different mindset. I think when I was younger and I was trying to learn Japanese and I just got so frustrated because I couldn't get the kanji to stick and I just found it so difficult um but then after learning chinese where well, you don't have a choice because that is literally the whole writing mm-hmm. system you have to you have to get across that and you have to be able to learn it and step by step increase the number of hands the chinese characters that you know um i think that's a real confidence boosting thing to do um so yes that's how i'm feeling at the moment anyway i'm feeling mm slightly slightly confident
1: (laughs) is there a way um for like a very because you said that you're you're quite a visual learner so in some ways learning the characters perhaps it it helps that you kind of identify with them visually Something that I do remember from Japanese, um, learning the hiragana and the katakana, um, and something that still helps me remember them now, even though it's really been a very long time since I also studied Japanese properly, was that there was this very image-based way of learning the characters. Um, Anybody else who studied some Japanese in Australia, I I feel like we might all remember these, but we had these cards um, that were called... Hiragana and katakana in forty-eight minutes. So it's because there's forty-eight characters, um, if I'm remembering correctly. So they were these these cards that basically turned the character into an image that helped you remember the sound. Yep, yep. I don't know if you had those, Penny. Did you Did you have those cards as well? <laughs> I don't actually remember. Isn't that terrible? But
0: <laughs> um, there are totally ways to turn one of the hiragana that you're learning into something that you know sounds like what you're trying to learn. So for mm-hmm. example, ko, which it's hard when you're on a podcast because you can't you can't demonstrate. But I mean, you're gonna but,
1: describe describe it to us.
0: Um say when you're practicing to write that particular um sound, you know, the example might have been, oh it looks like a coin. Ka. Oh yes. Because it's that's right. it's like an empty An empty circle. That's a very poor description.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I do remember as well that there was one in particular, the, the, the character for he looked a bit like a big smile. Yes. So it's like he, he, yep. he. Um, yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know if those cards still exist. But I guess, um, yeah, like even for someone like me who did not study a lot of Japanese, um, but I still very much have those quite deeply ingrained in my brain too because of the visual nature of um, the way that we learn them, which was very helpful. I don't know who came up with that system. We might have to find that out for you guys and, and pop a link in the show notes. But um, I feel like those cards are probably still floating around at my parents' place somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, stick them out <laughs> but for so for um, Mandarin Chinese, is that a is there a similar kind of um you know visual aid that can help you to learn Chinese characters um that are I would say probably significantly more complicated? and also you mentioned that there's that the ones in Japanese were more traditional. Does that mean that there's also a simplified version?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. so in mainland China, um, the characters are generally written in simplified uh, Chinese characters mm-hmm. and Hong Kong, Taiwan and the kanji written in Japanese is written in traditional traditional characters. So this came about um, in the last century as a way to increase the, um, understanding and reading and writing across China so to to lessen the number of strokes that each character has was a way to kind of um, increase increase fluency Um, but by doing that by removing some of the strokes you do remove some of that kind of visual aid that relates to what that character means Mm -hmm. Um, but the good thing about Chinese, and this is in both simplified and traditional versions, is there is a system of learning what's called the radicals. So, generally, characters can be split in two. Um, So, say, for example, the left half of the character might have a radical that means, for example, water. And then the right half might be what turns that word into ice or water, just general drinking water. Or another good example is electricity. So, you know, the left-hand side is the kind of electricity kind of radical Mm -hmm. and then on the right you might have things like things for computer or elevator, all those kind of things. So... That's one little way that if you are speed reading or you come across some characters that you're not familiar with, you can kind of break it down a little bit and have a look whether you can recognize any of the radical portion of the character mm-hmm. and then maybe
1: take take a guess. But
0: it's still really hard, I have to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I feel like I have heard a story about what the word for computer, oh sorry, the character is for computer in Chinese. Is that it's like something about it being like a brain? Yes, that's electric, electric brain. Or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, you're very clever. Again, I feel it still feels to me like this is like deciphering a code, which I which I kind of love. There's something about it that I'm like, oh, it's a little bit of a guessing game. I'm sure to begin with, but you can kind of see the logic even though it is not necessarily the way that we would process that information in a language like English where like for us letters describe a sound but have no real meaning associated with them whatsoever whereas characters in Japanese and Chinese um, can have meaning associated with the character in its entirety or in its parts even.
0: Yeah, and and it's a different kind of mindset when you approach learning the language. You kind of have to throw out everything that you've thought about before from an English mm-hmm. language perspective, and kind of just roll with it <laughs> and yeah. see where see where it takes you.
1: Have you had to learn any other any other alphabets or any other scripts apart from Japanese and and Chinese, Penny? No, I haven't, and. Um, you know, maybe
0: one day it might be on my list. Um, I did have a chance to travel to Russia a while ago when I was living in Estonia and I did remember looking around trying to decipher the Cyrillic alphabet that I was seeing mm-hmm. in places like on the subway and stuff like that and I was like oh this is really cool. Mm. Um, how about you Bec?
1: Um, I have tried to learn um, a little bit of the Arabic script before Mm. um, and that was purely out of curiosity uh, (laughs) because I just think it's a beautiful looking script and I was interested in how it works um, because I didn't, you know, I knew a little bit about how Japanese and and Chinese worked um, from some of our discussions and, and also from doing some Japanese but I wasn't really sure how a script like like Arabic worked, and I did know that it was written right to left. Um, which, you know, there are other scripts as well that I know do that. Um, but I just sort of had always wondered in the back of my mind, like, how does it how does it work though? Are there letters in those in those characters that you can see written in? Because it looks like a very continuous line as well, often. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I was just kind of curious about the the script itself, how it carries meaning. Are they letters that work like English where the letters indicate a sound and then that comes together to be a word or do they hold more meaning than that? Um, and so I bought a book um, probably about two years ago or so now, um, which is one of the script hacking books um, by Judith Meyer um who there's a, there's a whole number of those those script hacking books actually that are all about helping you to learn another script um in kind of an efficient way they're not very big books actually they're very they're quite um <laughs> pretty little um not too thick um and they use a particular system i believe to try and help you to learn yeah in a in a quite efficient way a new script that is unfamiliar to you um, and so i started working through that just to I suppose, inform myself a bit better on how the Arabic script works without necessarily, like, without learning Arabic in any of its forms. Um, Yeah, I was purely just curious about how the script worked. And actually, it was a really nice introduction. I actually didn't quite finish the book, um, (laughs) but I still have it. So, one day I will go back and I'll go through it again. Um, But it was kind of, it was really nice to just go, okay, now I understand even at least a little bit about how this works. Um, So, I just felt a little, you know, like I I sort of you know, gone up a, a level to be oh. like, well, I didn't know anything before. And now I at least know a little bit. <laughs> I think that's awesome. And I yeah, think it's, it really fun. it's really
0: cool to highlight the, the self-study option as well, because mm. my experience with both Japanese and Chinese was in a classroom initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think things like those script-taking books are just such great resources for us to use if we are attempting to learn (laughs) new scripts by ourselves um I wonder if they've got one – they've got a quite a good range, don't they, for They do memory. have quite a good range. Mm.
1: We'll, pop, we'll pop a link to it in the show notes. Um, yeah, there's a there's a, a very good range of them. I'm sure there is one for Cyrillic. Um, I think there's one for Greek. Um, mm. I wonder if I, there's one for Thai. Thai would be cool. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll pop a link in the show notes. But they're a really cool little set of books that um, has been published by Teach Yourself. Um And yeah, I think it just, even from like a curiosity point of view, I mean, obviously you may be looking to learn the language of one of those scripts, but even if you are just curious, um, they're quite a nice, not very long or, you know, it's not, it's not a scary looking book in any way, shape or form. So some of that, that fear that maybe sometimes people feel um, in approaching another script I think is very much taken away by the look of this like little book. It's just like, oh, we're going to teach you how to kind of hack this script um, and understand it a little bit better. That's what you want. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Do, you, do you think that, so, so in all of this discussion about scripts, are there some languages where we could just skip the learning of the script? You know, if this is all just too hard. Oh, back that's very controversial. <laughs> I know, very, very controversial. I know it is. And when you think about it, I guess for, for a long time, for much of history, there were people who couldn't write. Mm. Um, we didn't have a script necessarily. We, we just, there was just, yeah, exactly was just oral, yeah. oral communication. Do you think that are there any are there any times when it is relevant to just say, you know what, ignore the script for a little bit and just go straight for the language orally first and then maybe oh. come back to the script later? Or, you know, is there I, I think I'm
0: torn because mm.
1: I I think if you
0: want to learn the language, you do need to learn the language in its entirety. Mm -hmm. But I will... Personally, I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) I will backtrack though and say, if your goal is just to be able to communicate and have some very basic interactions, um, say, for example, you just... Want to be able to say hello, thank you, how much is it? Those kind of things, then, and that's all. That's all you want to do. Then for sure, S- skip the skip the reading mm-hmm. and the, the writing.
1: Basically, like if yeah, if you're just trying to get some basic conversational skills, like yep. don't get hung up on the on the script or don't but get hung up. I on I think the
0: <laughs> in any other other circumstance, no, dive in, go yep. for it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think like so. Yeah, personally. I, I want to say don't don't ever skip the script because I can't – look, maybe this is just the way that my brain works, but I, I, I can't remember sounds without knowing what they look like. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I, I really need to have something that I can see that I can associate with how to remember how to pronounce the sound. Yeah. And even even when pronunciation is not necessarily linked to the way that the way it's written looks – Sorry, I feel like that wasn't my best description. <laughs> 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 something like that, but you know, like even I don't know obviously in English if you if you look at a word and you know how to pronounce those letters, then you can remember what it sounds like. Like there are other languages actually. In English is probably a good example of this where the pronunciation isn't always evident. Sometimes it is and it kind of follows the rules, and then there are other times like thorough um or <laughs> through gnome. the kind of yeah. classic yeah, <laughs> yeah, gnome, exactly. yeah. where the, the classic words in English that like don't really follow the rules but for me still having the like visual prompt of knowing what that looks like is very important for me for memory just in any in all contexts oh I yeah, um whereas I agree. do know other people who can absolutely I like, can like listen to an audio course and have remembered everything from just the audio. And I'm like, I could never do that. <laughs> no.
0: And that comes back to also what our what our style of learning is. Um, mm. And I think that's really good that we acknowledge what works for us and what we need
1: because that in the end helps us get to where we want to be. Exactly. I have one last question for you. Penny. Sure. <laughs> Are there any scripts you really want to learn? Oh, I love tried yet? these questions. Well, I did
0: mention Thai before, and it's not definitely not high on the list. Mm. But I like the idea of learning a Southeast Asian mm-hmm. language with a different script. Mm-hmm. So whether that's Khmer, Lao, or Thai, mm-hmm. <laughs> how about
1: you, Beck? Um, I would love to learn Korean. Oh, yes, good choice. I, yeah, have heard lots of kind of good things about the Korean script um, that it's actually quite easy to learn. It's got a really good story about how it was developed as well um, and I that kind of makes me a bit motivated to one day, even, again, a bit like with the Arabic script, just like understand how it works, not necessarily like, you know, maybe in the future to learn some Korean, but um, just to have a, a better understanding of like, the characters look like this because and this is what they this is how they convey sounds oh uh, let's do it yeah. <laughs> I know, we'll get there one day. I probably need Korean script hacking now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there is one of those. (laughs) Oh, thanks for joining us for another episode of Language Chats. We loved having you on the airways with us. And if you've enjoyed listening to Language Chats, please don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. And if you feel like it, leave us a rating and review.
1: And you can also find us um, online and interact with us if you have any questions or if you just like to get involved in our community. You can find us at Languagelovers.au on Instagram or Languagelovers.au on Facebook. Um, we also have a Facebook group um, filled with lots of other Australians um, who are interested in languages all around the world um, and that is Language Languagelovers.au community. Um, but otherwise, if you ever have any questions for us or you want to find more about what we do, um, then go to our website at languagelovers.com.au. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. See you next time. See you next time.